What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. On a Thursday night, probably the first of three podcasts over the next several days. On two of those, at least hopefully, uh, one right now and maybe one on Sunday is my co-host, John LaRocca. What's going on? Not much, man. Just uh, another busy and wild week of crazy life and now we're here to talk some wrestling and some fighting so I'm, I'm excited i'm excited to talk some some just just get away and just talk some wrestling and some fighting with you man looking forward to it uh okay so uh just uh, i think you kind of hinted last week about about this move how did mm-hmm. the move go is everything set the home did you get everything packed away how'd that go um, we're like 90% packed. We have some, we still have a, we're in between technically. We got a couple things at the, the old place that we need to grab this weekend. And, but yeah, we're all the big stuff's in and cable set up, internet set up and all the crucial, the kids are all set up. The kids playroom's ready, you know? So we've been living here for the last three to four days. So we've, it's been, it's been nice to have a lot more room and, and the kids are all relaxed. I'm more relaxed. The wife's more relaxed. So things are good. Also, just uh, briefly want to shout out our, our sponsor, Bet Online, uh, And also the um, on Monday, the podcast that, that we did early this week, I did a little bit of an open just to kind of talk about the things that were going on in the world. And just because, you know, we don't generally talk about that stuff on our shows, uh, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It doesn't mean that anything's changed. And uh, one of the podcasts that I want to shout out on the Blue Wire Network uh, ha- has, um, you know, mixed in a lot of what's going on with with the riots and um, and the, the the protests that sometimes have turned into riots, um, and uh, the George Floyd situation, like all of those things. Uh, the corners, uh, the corner podcast featuring uh, Kel Dansby and Andreas Hale. Those guys are mixing in sort of, you know, the what, what they're what's topical for them, but also what's going on in the world world. So um, check those guys out. They do a great job. Andrea's uh, posted on Twitter uh, something that was really eye opening. And uh, I would say wrestling folks in general and two specifically from WWE retweeted him to give their experiences on, uh, you know, the first time that they experienced racism, Big E and MVP, I saw them. I'm sure there were others. But uh, Andres really does uh, good stuff when it comes to discussing race. And, and, and uh, you know, he and, and Kel have a really good show. So check that out. Um, I just wanted to shout out those guys, especially for the work that they've been doing on social media lately. Just really eye-opening stuff. Uh, okay, so also on the website this week... You may have seen uh, some UFC 250 stuff. We will be covering the show this weekend. Uh, and in one of those three podcasts I was saying we, we may do this weekend, if everything works out, is uh, a post-UFC 250 show with Mike Gilbert from the Combat Republic, kind of a new new uh, website that's very similar to what we do on uh, Fight Game Media. So looking forward to talking to Mike after UFC 250. And then John and I will come back on Sunday after the uh, TakeOver In Your House show, which we will preview later in this episode. Okay, so uh, I think we should just kick it off 
Uh, well, let's kick it off with uh, the wrestling stuff because, you know, the UFC stuff is happening. It's not a huge UFC news week because the show is predominantly w- what the deal is. And it's not it's not a gigantic show. It's not a big show. There's, there will be some fun fights, but there's not a whole lot coming out of that week. So we don't really have to talk about it. And Mike and I will talk about it on uh, Saturday night. So let's just get right into the wrestling stuff. And the first thing that I want your opinion on, John, is uh, the Drake Maverick storyline where originally he had lost his job uh, with WWE. He was part of the cuts. He does a very heartfelt video. Um, he still works. He works the uh, the cruiserweight tournament. And then he goes into the finale against Phantasma, uh, loses the match, and then is awarded the... Uh, the contract from Triple H, even though he lost, he's he's gonna he, he gets his job back essentially. Mm-hmm. How did you think the whole thing played out uh, last night? I mean, I think the the match itself and the, and the angle at the end, the post match was good. I just I think the angle of the storyline would have been better if they would have explained that why his job's on the line or what happened. I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if they even explained it like he was released or something. I don't think they ever really said those words. I'm trying to remember. Maybe they did. It's been a while, but uh, I thought maybe there could have been a disconnect with some fans that they didn't know, but you know, but other than, but of a story of a guy back against the wall needing to keep winning to survive for his job, even though he doesn't win his heart, his passion, his drive proved that he earned a spot on the roster kind of thing. I think that worked, but, but, um, but overall, I thought the match was really good. I thought uh, Drake Maverick is a good little, he's a good little uh, baby face in peril, and and I thought Phantasma had his uh, best match in WWE. So th- it's interesting that you brought that part up because I didn't even think about it, and it's because we are so close to some of these things, and that you know when we watch the TV, we already kind of know what's going on. But you're right that I don't really remember them talking specifics about why uh what the deal was so that that's that's definitely right on. i want i i'm trying to think i think they i think they did show his tearful promo right yeah i think i think you're right now yeah yeah and you know you 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 watch this stuff really closely so if you don't remember it then i then i'm sure so someone may reach out to us and say oh yeah it was on this show where mm-hmm, they said this mm-hmm. but they didn't the, the point is, is they didn't hit you over the head with it yeah to remind you every week that this is what the deal is but i think like for you and i like because we're in that pro wrestling bubble right like we're we you know we watch the news we follow it the behind the scenes and all that stuff so but like for I think for a casual viewer or a viewer that's just not really f- interested in all the the backstage stuff, for a story of a guy you know having to win this tournament and to keep his job or you know I think I think it did well there with those with those viewers. But for for me, I think I needed a little more details. Other than that, but I liked it. I liked all his matches. Other than last week's match, I didn't like the finish of the of the three way. But yeah, everything, yeah. everything other than that, I thought it was really good. And, and you know, I, I always I always like you know rock stars, but I always thought he's a great personality. And I didn't really think much of the wrestling for him, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but this you know this this tournament, I thought he did a great job and and proved he can be a really good uh, a baby face night. I kind of like to see. Um, I don't know what's next for him, but um, they had a thing with him and Jake Atlas 
had a connection during his tournament. So maybe like a tag team with them would be interesting for both and kind of keep them involved a little more. And, and so I, I think that that'd be a good thing going forward for them. All right. Where do you think this turned from shoot into work? At what point in this storyline do you think they had figured out that whether or not they made a mistake, but you know what? We, we can actually do something with this. I think the prom, I think his interview on Twitter the the video he released on all the social media he I think that was literally the same day he got released right yeah he, I believe so and so he he had that pa- I mean it's just passion and it's like you know I think Triple H is he's good at giving second chances to people and like for example like a Leo Rush right um the, the <laughs> The, uh, the, you know, they brought him to the main roster, drove everyone nuts there, drove everyone nuts in NXT, drove everyone nuts in, in, um, in the main roster. They and on social media. And also, it's just a whole, it's just, just, I mean, just flat out pain in the ass, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the kid is extremely talented, you know? And I think Triple H said, you know, let's give this kid one more chance. I'm going to give this kid one more chance on our television show on NXT. And that's when he had that run as the Crew 8 champion again and everything. And he had those really good matches. But I think, you know, when it came time to release people and, you know, they got rid of the people that kind of just, kept, you know, the complainers, the guys, you know, the, the headaches, they just got, got a chance to get rid of those people. I think, you know, Leo Rush is one of those guys are like, you know, let's just get rid of this guy because he's just pain in the ass. But, um, but, Trick Maverick was a guy maybe not like that, but then maybe it was he was just a numbers game and he got released, but then he cut that promo and then he's like, hey, there's something here. He's already in this tournament. Let's see what we can do. It's getting traction on social media. And they went with it. And this is the scenario I kind of always, I've, I called it the Cedric Alexander angle because this happened to Cedric Alexander in um, the Cruiserweight Classic. We remember like he had that yep. great performance and Triple H came out. And this is basically how I thought it would come up i thought it was going to be against um in the finals i thought he was going to lose against like kashida or something like that or mm-hmm. and that's that's where it would happen but um i thought they had it i mean for the match itself that was really great they were given opportunity in the main event spot which is which is uh a, a you know a big thing for those guys uh, unproven in the main event spot like that and phantasma who I haven't really been impressed with yet on his nxt run I was really impressed with him in this match. I thought I thought uh, they came together really well, and they and they had a really good match. Um, I could have done out with like the power bomb on the floor spot, but I understand they're trying to get the the brutality of the. And that's what we got to do nowadays, right? Nowadays, it's like to get any kind of like impact and just some kind of you got to do something crazy like that. It's like you know, no more like a body slam on the floor can you know cause that much pain to a guy's back. Get the power bomb the guy. So that may have been a little bit too much for me, but other than that, I thought the match was was really really good, and I was I was invested in it. So you may you may know the one qualm I had with this. Uh, I, I've sort of been talking about it on our on our Facebook group, but uh, I I watched Drake Maverick on Raw as the manager of the AOP. I also saw him in some very silly stuff, by the way, too. So it's not like he was uh, in, in 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 a great spot on Raw necessarily. I saw him as the 24-7 champion on on Raw, and, and I saw him and his wife do some skits on Raw. And I know that Raw wasn't necessarily the only place he was. He was on 205 Live as well, in a different role. But when I watched the 
when I watched this tournament and I saw Triple H come out at the end to give him the contract, my original thought was, am I supposed to feel the good feeling simply because he has his job back, even if it's a slight demotion if you watched him on Raw the the last uh, you know last year sometime, and I, I, I will admit it is a small thing, but but I sort of compared it to uh, when you know you and I follow Major League Baseball, and we know that the the Giants AAA Farm Club is in Fresno, or no, it's in Sacramento. Sorry, it used to be in Fresno. It's in Sacramento, and. Um, you know, so if a player who is on the big league roster and then the Giants cut him and then he makes it all the way back to AAA, do we celebrate that same moment? And some folks will say, well, NXT is not the, you know, it's not the minor league brand. It's actually their third brand. And I would say, well, you know, uh, I guess, but it's it's obviously not as not as high up uh, on, on the ranking as, as Raw or SmackDown. So, uh, that's the only small, little, tiny, itty bitty qualm that I have. But I know that if they are to utilize his skill set, NXT is the better place for him to be. Uh, but if we believe that you know everything sort of revolves around making it to the next level and being you know the the Universal Champion or the SmackDown Champion or whatever, like he didn't get back to where he was, and so I thought that would have been a little bit more meaningful to me if he got back to. If you made it to the to main roster or something, but look, you know he's he's in a good spot. Hopefully, they utilize him. I think he proved that he could uh, he could be that really strong babyface. I really do hope that they have something for him because this. I hope that this is not like the memorable moment of his NXT run. I do hope that he that they do have other stuff for him that he can yeah. he can do. I think like a lot of times WWE they've they've done this for years where they will have a guy who they really like and instead of cutting them even though they did cut Drake Mavic here they would find something different for him right so like like Fatu of the Samoan SWAT team right he went from or the uh, well the, the head shrinkers he went from a head shrinker to uh street tough Fatu was that what it is right what did that gimmick <laughs> and then he went to the Started sultan rapping. <laughs> the sultan and then he became rikishi so he get, got multiple opportunities and i think like but in those multiple opportunities they don't say like oh this is the same guy from you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so in a way though they didn't change his name and i believe they quickly mentioned 205 commissioner and all that they didn't really mention 24-7. They got they left all the comedy out of it, of his character. And so NXT, it's almost like this is a new character of Drake Maverick, right? I mean, that's kind of how I see it. It's just, I mean, it's frustrating for me because we, I, mean, I follow this crap. So I'm like, wait, but, you know, well, he's over here being this goofy guy. Yeah. I will say, though, I think he's better in NXT. I think he's, really his value is as a personality beyond the ring. You know, he, was, he proved that he's really good in the ring. I think like you can do a lot of stuff with him, you know, maybe he can be uh, an assistant to William Regal and, and go back a commissioner like role because he was, he was really effective in 205 live. And I was, I thought, you know, I, when I, when I watched 205 live, then I thought he was at first, I'm like, rockstar spuds going to be the commissioner of 205 live. That's interesting. And he showed up and he was doing really well, but then all of a sudden they made him the manager of AOP and it was kind of like really unbalanced. He had a, he's a commissioner over here, but now a weasel heel manager on Raw. So 
I think uh, he can he can do multiple things so with that with that brand. So I, I hope they have a plan for him. I think he definitely proved himself with this this tournament. So on the other show, in the main event segment as well, we had Jungle Boy against Cody, and I'm really interested in your thoughts on this match. I I am. I, I will say that I had uh, w- w- when you know kind of what's going to happen before the match starts, and that was my problem with this whole with with Jungle Boy even winning the battle royal, which was like, oh, now he's just got to lose to Cody. Uh, not that he can't lose, not that he should be undefeated. I just I've just seen him. We just saw him lose to uh, MJF at the pay per view, so I knew okay, I'm going to be bothered because I just don't like the way that they necessarily are booking him right now. But um, so that I would say that flawed my thought process as I was watching this match. And, you know, it turned out to be it was fine. It was fun. Cody got blood. They, you know, they hugged at the end, uh, whatever it was. But uh, I think, you know, just I knew I wasn't not going to like how it played out in the end. And that probably affected my enjoyment. Um. I, well, I knew right away it was gonna happen, and the ending didn't bother me. I knew the ending was gonna was gonna be Cody on top. I I do have a problem with the match, and it was a good match overall. But I think it would have been better if they would have cut out the blood, cut out the table spot. Um, just I don't think you should waste it that kind of stuff on any match. And not that this was match was meaningless. It's just I think they could have told a really tra- good traditional Bayface Bayface story. A veteran babyface with the rookie, and the rookie, you know, fight from behind, finally making that big comeback, getting you know, getting beat. I think they could have told this the same story they tried to tell, but without the blood in the table. I thought that was a little bit too much personally, I, and I don't, I don't need to see Jungle Boy survive a big table spot and be okay to do a sunset flip over the top rope, like, or even Cody getting blood at this point in time. Like, just, just, just no need. Like, save that for pay per view. Save that for something a little more meaningful at the you know at the time. I think Jungle Boy would have still got over. It was just a straight forward match. I thought Cody was overly aggressive in this match. Like like it, he was so aggressive where I thought he was pissed off at Jungle Boy for something. <laughs> you know I, I don't know what he was going for there. I don't know if he's his plan is to be this maybe he's going heel a little bit or he's trying to be like a I don't want to hate I hate to say this like a tweener but um you know, I don't believe in tweeners, but like, you know, something like that. Like he wants to be in this gray area as, as a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how he reacts next week to, uh, uh, Mark Quinn when he wrestles him. So we'll see if he continues this kind of personality. Uh, but I wonder what I wonder is, is if because he put it out there that, you know, take on all challengers, he knows that some of those challengers are going to be baby faces and he knows that some of those challengers are going to be heels or else he wouldn't have said take on all challengers. So I wonder if he's trying to be like, like you said, it it kind of is a, a tweener in a sense. But, you know, remember when John Cena did the same thing, he had to wrestle against. Sami Zayn, and then he had to wrestle against mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, and and so there was both baby faces and heels in in those matches, uh, and he had to wrestle aggressively because his whole goal is I have to keep this champion. I am the working. This is the working title. I am the working champion, and thus I have to be aggressive. So I wonder if it's some of it is that, um, but I do think, and I'm interested in, in your thoughts on this. You know, when it comes to the way that they're treating these. TNT matches do you think 
you mentioned the blood and the table spot. Do you think Cody sees these matches as if he's going to be in the main event, he has to go above and beyond because uh, that's how he believes his character needs to be. And, you know, you could say, well, save it for pay-per-view. But to them, almost like every week is so important for them to to give viewers what they think that the viewers want. And so I wonder if some of that has to do with it. Possibly, but I just think they shouldn't waste it. Especially, not the blood, not the blood, not the tables. Because we've seen that most like Cody's match with the tables. We've seen that with uh, his match with Sean Spears, you know, going through tables. And I think he should definitely just kind of pull restraint on that. I want to see him lead the smoke and mirrors behind in certain matches. I want to see him take jungle boy for a ride i want to see the you know him being dominant with jungle boy overly confident but then jungle boy keeps fighting back he can't put jungle boy away now now he's getting frustrated now he's getting upset now he's being more aggressive and jungle boy's still kicking out still kicking out and finally he can make a big comeback and finally jungle boy's on it has him on his on his heels and he's boom 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 but he finally gets caught with something and gets pinned i think they could have had a, a classic straightforward match with all the blood I just didn't seem the blood didn't seem to fit there. If blood did fit, it would be more Jungle Boy getting blood and fighting from 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 behind. I thought that would have been a lot more dramatic, but but personally, I don't want to see that either. Right now, I think <laughs> just because Jungle Boy is not there yet, like this is a match where you're you're still establishing. Oh shoot, Jungle Boy's getting closer, mm-hmm. right? He's getting closer. Um, that's why I'm okay with him losing. I know some people have an issue, like if they beat him too much, but I, don't, I think he's okay now. Like I said, I think he need, after this match is over to Cody, now this is done with, let's focus on Jurassic uh, Express. Let's focus on their run to the tag titles. Let's let's let them win the tag titles. Let's let them lose the tag titles. And let's ju- Luchasaurus attack Jungle Boy and have him give him a few with Luchasaurus and and have him beat Luchasaurus, establish himself as a as a as a main event singles guy and then you know against a monster and and i think and then on 2021 then then we if he's still getting beaten 2021 a lot then yeah we have an issue but i think 2020 it's okay for him to lose a few but i think right now the focus should be on him and this tag team partner going for the titles and that's how they should keep him busy by the way all the guys in our facebook group who were like oh i'm not really i don't really get jungle jungle boy a pox on all of your houses okay pox on all of them no i'm just kidding i i I will admit i'm i'm you know some of it has to do with he's the son of luke fucking perry like that's part of that's part of my allure with him i want to see i desperately want to see him become the type of superstar that i think he can so that's that's a lot of it i think the people that who would have that don't get him they, they recognize his talent but i also think this is what happens when you have a guy that's He's being like this mid card character of a of a you know of a Tarzan, mm-hmm. but I don't see him as a main event guy. I, he, with that gimmick, he kind he he's kind of level. He's just in that mid card gimmick, you know. So I would like to see him. That's why I want to see him drop. Not you know he hasn't drop Jungle Boy, but you know become Jack Perry and focus on that. But right now it's not the time. Like I said, it's like the, I would, if I was booking AEW, um, like I said, I would, I would concentrate them and on, and a feud as a tag team with someone and finally winning the tag titles. And it doesn't have to be a long reign. It doesn't have to be a long reign. Just, 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 just show that jungle boy can win a championship. And I think the tag championship is a good one for him to win. 
All right, let's take a quick break so we can talk about our friends at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR's back. Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL and NBA events 24-7. And sounds like the NBA is like coming back really soon. Uh, they, 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 more so than baseball. Baseball seems like the season's not going to happen. And I think the NBA is going to be going to be happening uh, within the, I don't know, in July, in July I believe. Um, but also UFC uh, is this weekend. UFC 250. Uh, you can you can uh, go to bet online for uh, your UFC 250 bets or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all of the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. We should have uh, our big payback column up sometime tomorrow as well, where Paul Fontaine and uh, and uh, Ryan Frederick post their bets that they make with their... Uh, with their fake money in a sense and then and then I take those bets and I put some real money using bet online. Um okay so a couple of other things from the Wednesday shows and uh I, I'm assuming you watched the Monday show. Um if you didn't that's fine too. Yeah, no I watched like I would say like 80% of it. Okay, no, that's fine. Cuz there's cuz you know, I didn't watch it and there's things that looked super interesting on it and I wanted to get your feedback on it. So, um back to the uh the Dynamite show. FTR comes out or actually they don't come out there. I don't know where this is filmed uh in, in somebody's house or something with Tony Schiavone. Uh they do an interview and they talk about why they're in AEW, who, what they want. They want the tag titles. It's not about the Young Bucks. They're not here to have five-star matches. Uh, F. Dave Meltzer. Like, you know, that was the whole thing. But there was one part of that interview that frustrated me. And when they were talking about all of the tag teams that they were going to, or that, that, that they were interested in, they, with one of them, I don't remember exactly which one, but they said, we would love to work with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was that that they were talking about? Do you remember? Private Party, I think. Yeah, it was Private Party or the Lucha Bros or something like that. And I was like... Now, Lucha Bros are going to teach them about protecting wrestling, which I loved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, but I was like, oh, can, can yeah. we do a second take? Like, yeah. I, they didn't need to use that word. I know, I know, stupid. I know. But overall, I, I, I dug what they're trying to sell here. A um, little bit there... I felt like they're trying to do the Stone Cold tag teams vibe a little bit with mm. their attitude, but um, overall I like the angle of like you know everyone wants us to wrestle the Young Bucks, but we we don't see them in our league like that's not even you know they're not even on our radar not on radar you know we we think it's not not a dream match to us because we believe we can destroy them right so I thought that was pretty cool I did enjoy that um, not interested in the Butcher and the Blade in all white <laughs> coming out like I, I don't know that match does not seem interesting at all to me but um especially after they kicked their butts last week with ease 
So, but you know, they had to beat someone on TV and this is, this is it. So, but, uh, but overall I, I, I liked the segment. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. All right. So then on the other side of the ledger, we had the Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee feud with Candice LeRae and Mia Yim involved. And they, they there was a, a singles match with Yim and LeRae that turned into a tag team match. And you had Johnny Gargano just in his uh, preppy clothes, I guess. Uh, and... Um, they did a spot at the end where he jammed his keys into Keith Lee's eyeball and Keith Lee must have been wearing a, uh, a cup for his eyeball because he sold it and then he didn't sell it anymore. So he must have like a steel eye, but, um, you know, I'm watching this and, and I look and I go, okay, I really love Johnny Gargano. I get it. He's in this new role as this, uh, chicken shit heel, but he's good and he's got a good personality and it works. I love watching him wrestle great matches though. And then Keith Lee on the other side, his sort of rise to become the one of the top stars in NXT. And they're kind of mixed in this feud with the women. And so there's like lots of um, lots of moments with both guys where I don't think they're necessarily at their strength, but in order to fit sort of this feud, uh, they have to do these things. And I'm really wondering now, I think at TakeOver, I think they'll have a good match. I But I don't know if they will necessarily have a great match. And that's kind of the kind of, like when I think of Johnny Argano, I'm like, oh, that you can, you can pencil this one in for TakeOver, great match. I'm not sure that we're going to get that with these guys, though, at, at TakeOver. Uh, it's, I still think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a different vibe, of course, because Johnny's going to be working heel. I've been watching a lot of... Because um, I've been watching a lot of UWF 1987, so I was watching a lot of Eddie Gilbert, uh, who was a smaller heel. And, and I'm watching Johnny Gargano here, and like he's really reminds me of a a young Eddie Gilbert. Maybe not the promo that Eddie Gilbert was, but like his bumping around the ring, the big over the top bumps for the, you know, for the big baby faces and everything like that. So it's going to be a difference. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to be your, you know, Gargano Ciampa or Gargano Cole, obviously it's going to be different. And I think they'll rise to occasion. I just thought this whole angle on the show with the keys was just overbooked to a point where like, wasn't the stabbing the eye enough <laughs> you know, and then the, 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 I'm surprised you didn't bring this up. This is this is a part that what made me want to run and bang my head against the wall. Is like Keith Lee goes to grab Gargano, right? Gargano's like, you know, it's like, haha, I got him with this key. You know, he's showing everyone the key, right? You know, like instead of like running away and hiding it and just showing the camera real quick, so we know he had some keys. But he's like holding it up in the air, showing all the people and and producers and referee. Anyone wants to see? Hey, I stabbed him with this, right? Which I thought was a little too. It's a little too much. And then, you know, Keith Lee grabs him again. And and then Johnny, like, you know, slips away. And then Keith Lee's like, I want to kill you. I'm going to kill you, little bastard. But then he somehow slips. Keith Lee somehow loses his balance. And his hand gets stuck between the, the, the ring and the steps. And Gargano takes advantage of his hand being stuck. So he just kicks the ring step and crushes his hand. Like, whoa, who who wrote this? Like, it was just way over the top. Like, literally stabbing the dude in the eye 
is enough to have a handicap of a monster to go against a chicken she heal. Like why did, you know, what is, what's worse an eye injury or a hand injury? I think the eye injury would be worse. So I just thought it was a little, just a little bit too much. Someone got like overly creative and not in a good way. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean. And in, in that the, these are not the strengths of either guy and they, not to say that they were exposed because I think that's way too strong of a word, but there have been moments where, um, you know, that, that old Paul Heyman adage, you know, book, book them to their strengths and not necessarily to their weaknesses. I, I, I get the idea of, you know, you got TV every week and you have to do other stuff. You can't just do the same old, same old every week. So I give them the, I give them the benefit of the doubt there. But I, I just it, it, it's cute. Some of this a lot of this stuff is really cute. And I think Gargano and Candice are doing a great job, but it doesn't necessarily make me want to watch this match. I want to watch it because I know that he's good and because I know Keith Lee is good, not because of any of the angles that they've done so far. Plus, I, I, I didn't like how they had the impromptu intergender match. Like, instead of building that to a featured match on an upcoming episode, right? Or, you know, post takeover match between you know each is significant other against you know i thought they i thought that was wasted just as an impromptu match i think they could have had the singles match between the mia yim and candice LeRae, and then you know craziness ensued and then the you know johnny could have been out there with his street clothes and keith lee you know gets involved and that's when he stabs in the eye and be done with it like i just thought like i said they got way way too creative i think you could have used some time to maybe feature a squash match or two between some another team or or another another piece of talent because uh like i said just overly overly overbooked big time okay and one of the things i did not like which i and this this is very consistent with my thought process on this stuff is every time that Brizongo comes back. I'm ready to change the channel because I haven't cared about them in a very long time. And every time they come back on the TV, they get a little bit of a run. And so I got to see them win a match for a tag team title shot. Though I don't think that this match is going to be on the takeover. At least it's not scheduled on on the listing that I have. So maybe it's a TV match, whatever. But I'm just like, man, like over and over and over again. These, whenever these guys come back, I have to see them on my TV screen for a while, and I'm not the biggest fan of theirs, not because of the talent, but just because of the start and stop and start and stop and start and stop uh, uh, of them historically. Like, someone gets hurt, you know, just Tyler Breeze is good, but then they don't push him, and, and so then all of a sudden they show up, and I'm... Uh, there, there's so many other teams that I would rather see or so many other people that I'd rather see get put on TV than, than go back to these guys because I already know what I'm going to get with them, which is okay stuff, but they're, 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 they're going to peak at a certain level. I, know, I just didn't like the surprise aspect of it. Just, I mean, they're a good team as, as like I said, as talent, as in-ring talent. They're both really, really good. I just think they could have just advertised as a return in this match instead of making it a surprise and maybe they wanted you know people to to i mean it's just you know obviously to get viewers to stick around right but but i still think they could just advertise them because you know i think you know most viewers would be disappointed you know just because they're expecting something else and they got Brizango. like i said nothing against their in-ring talent i think they're really good i just don't think they're they're not mystery team (laughs) 
you know yeah. You're, yeah you're slightly disappointed like n- yeah. not you're, you're it's okay because you haven't seen them in a while and you know they've been pushed on on raw and smackdown before but at the end of the day you're like ah you know it, it was okay mm-hmm. yeah but i, I want to see them actually kind of like what is their gimmick? They're fashion guys, and they you know they listen when they came out. They do they their gimmick, I guess, is do various different kind of elaborate entrances. But you kind of already have that character with with Velveteen Dream. So um, I don't know. I just wanted like to see maybe some little bit more character development in them. Maybe maybe if they knew they were coming back um, for the show. Maybe they didn't. Maybe this was. Maybe he finally got released. Uh, you know, got released, clear to wrestle, and and uh, you know, Fandango did. And but maybe if they had an idea, like he's going to be ready at a certain time. Maybe this is where you start doing the VTRs, the vignettes, and and kind of reintroduce them. And I think that would have been nice. You know, that would have been good too. You know, and then we see that they're going to be in this match. Um, the match itself, the three way tag, I it was at times really good, but I didn't like the three way within the three way right of the tag because like you had three competitors in there at that time because there's three different teams i just thought it got a little bit of a little clustery but i mean i wish it was just the damn oni and birch versus undisputed era because that that match would have been great and even fandango and brizongo and uh and undisputed era would have been good on its own i mean as long as they didn't win but here they were able to win yeah, I know. I, that took me by surprise. But once they were in a mystery team, I was like, oh, oh they're going to win. And not that I'm disappointed, but I think, I don't know if they got planned for a takeover tag match. I hope I hope Imperium has a match. I don't know if it's going to be them, which I I don't know, or four-way or something. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Because um, it seemed like they were really building up Oni and um, Birch as a, a future challenger for Imperium, which I really want to see that match because I like, I like all four of those guys. Well, as of right now, there is no match on that show, and uh, they may add one, but if I'm looking, and we'll, we'll talk about this in detail uh, in a second here, but uh, including the women's six-women tag match that they added, which mm-hmm. is possible to be the pre-show, uh, there's six matches, and they don't usually like to go you know, longer than two and a half hours for these uh, takeover shows. So Now, that's the six, the six women tags on the main card. Oh, is it? So then that's six matches on the main card. Yeah, so many of the tag yeah, so many of the tag times on it, which is which is a bummer, man, because Imperium is really good. Um, okay, so what else was on either show that you want to talk about? Lots of video packages on both shows. Like a lot. I you got loved to- yes, I love the EO the 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 women three way um video package a lot that that was really well done i did not like i like parts of it i say i did not like i should say i liked parts but i didn't like all of it the um the adam cole velveteen mm-hmm. dream stuff mm-hmm. um something about velveteen dream i know he's flamboyant and he's out there he's this unique entity i guess but like just him rolling around rollerblades wasn't just <laughs> anything that really like got me interested in the match but cole like the, the undisputed era just so damn entertaining especially like you see what road dog said about adam cole what'd he say um i forgot whose size he mentioned but he he mentioned like if he was some person's size or maybe if he was a little bit bigger he'd be the universal champion <laughs> which is an interesting oh, statement on one hand but on the other hand 
it tells me that he can't be the universal champion because he's the size that he is. So I thought there was an interesting comment yeah. from both, from both angles. That's weird. That's a weird, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that out there for the, you know, and the size is an issue, I guess, but not really more with, with that. You know, you look at Daniel Bryan, he's about the same size as Daniel Bryan, right? I mean, so no, nah, Adam Cole's a superstar, man. He's, he's a, such a great talent. And then all those four guys that just great chemistry, the whole like fist pumping stuff, the hoo 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 and the, and the limo, just a bunch of jerks, man. You know, <laughs> so like like that, their their stuff was good. It's just the the Velveteen Dream stuff. I wasn't, but though I thought he did a good job of explaining like their history of why he's been on them from you know the attacks, the the the, the uh, drop breaking his back, etc. You know, I just wish they would have filmed it differently. That's all. Um, on the. AEW side, you know, there there was the opener with the with the tag titles, uh, tag titles match uh, with Sabian and um, who's the other guy? <laughs> your your boy, uh, the guy that I, I don't enjoy. Your bet online, you, you don't you don't bet online, Jimmy Havoc, do you? No, 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 no. I would never I would never bet on Jimmy Havoc to win a match. Uh, again, it, it's 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 one of those things with me, like sort of similar to the Fandango thing that I mentioned. It's like ah, like just even though. You know, we, we've talked all about how Kip Sabian has has been booked uh, incorrectly, or not, you know, just awkwardly, like he, not not at a, at a strength from a strength position. I do think he's got talent. Not that I don't think he's he's got any talent, um, but I'm just not into that Jimmy Havoc gimmick. And and so the second I see him, I'm just a little, I'm you know, I'm fifty percent disinterested in the match, and I was just so I didn't really pay too close attention to that one but um yeah other than that like just lot, lots of video packages there was a jericho uh, match with colt cabana um and um there was a you know jake the snake and uh, lance uh lance archer they let, just, lance, they let lance talk yeah they did and that's good 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 for him but yeah, yeah. just you know I, I thought it was interesting both shows were just really heavy on the video packages i think nxt was because you know they knew they had a they had a in your house to uh, take over to sell, but AEW didn't really have anything to sell outside of uh, uh, Fighter Fest. But that's in a month, mm-hmm. and I guess that that maybe that's the next question, which is, what do you think about the idea of a two week in a row Fighter Fest? I didn't like that idea when WWE did it with Takeover during you know after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I thought it did not work in their favor, and you know this seems to be a little bit different in that the show will be sort of fighter fest rather than just have your your main event matches be in the body of a dynamite show could be interesting but i'd still rather see a three-hour uh be our live show on the weekend where they you know they book it like a pay-per-view rather than you know because with tv we got to sit through commercials there's breaks and there's stops and stuff so yeah i don't know i would have kept it its own event definitely um, maybe the fighter fest is going to be like their clash of champions. So maybe it's going to be, you know, something like that. And they, I w- which would have been fine if it was on like a Saturday night on a TNT, right? Yeah, Special. yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, splitting up the, the two weeks. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that one either. Um, sorry, going back to that AEW tag team title match, though, mega and page and havoc and Sabian, um, that match was uh, was not that good. I I, I don't understand. I, mean, I know Omega has to have these like twenty minute matches. Like mm-hmm. he can't. You know, I mean, you gotta just pull back a little bit. You know, not with everyone. You know, and then I can't I can't get behind a match where a guy brings out a wrench and clocks a guy right 
and you're like, oh, am I okay? This is going to be, instead of the finish, which is stupid enough, it should have been the finish. If you're clocking out the ranch, it most likely should be the finish. But Lisa was, I'm like, okay, well, this is their cutoff, you know, Jesus. But then guess what happens? Adam Page just pops back up and starts fighting back. And then they kick him in the back, and that's the cutoff. Mm-hmm. So what the hell was the wrench for? You made the wrench mean nothing, right? Yeah, just just that just drove me insane. This just drove me insane. Um, I didn't think it needed to be as long as it was. However long it was, it should have been well, I don't know, six minutes shorter because it just it felt like it just got too long. I thought Sabian showed a lot of talent. He showed um, that you know he can hang in that style with Omega. I thought he worked really well with him, and he was hitting all the stuff. Um, I, you know, and Paige was look look good. I just I just think the the, the match was too long and for for it should have been. I think they could have could have cut back on that. Um, did you? So you got the? I know you watched Hulu of NXT, right? So, mm-hmm. so you probably didn't get this little miracle of a match between Aaliyah and Santana Garrett. I'm guessing they. they I did not. It was a a you know I wasn't expecting much from them. But they had a good little a little short match that was like like Santana Guerra was aggressive and on fire and Leo was a and Leo was physical like it was like a like a two like two different women that I've seen and uh, I thought they did a good job and you know who's a really good under the radar manager or, or you know if there was voting for on screen personality if he got more time would be uh, Robert Stone the uh, former Robert E of Impact. He's really a, just a natural talker, and um, I'm pretty bummed that they broke him up, him and Chelsea Green up. So um, I thought they had something there, but um, looks like he's going to be looking for new talent to manage, and so we'll see who he gets. Maybe it's going to be Aliyah. I don't know. Okay, so the Raw stuff, you know, it it, it just sucks because Raw's on Monday, and we don't record till Thursday night, so it's already old news by then. But what do you think of the booking of Edge and Randy Orton in this greatest match ever thing? Um, they're creating a lot of hype for it. Like a lot of wrestling fans are talking about it, but they're mostly talking about it in the way of, well, now we're going to sort of be disappointed because the match is not yep. going to be one of the greatest yep. matches of all time. And then on the other show on SmackDown, you have a match that I maybe want to see a little bit more but very very much so just like Orton and uh, and Edge in Daniel Bryan and AJ to for the um for, is it for the US championship yeah uh, the intercontinental intercontinental and so but that match which if you were talking to internet fans or hardcore fans you could actually build that match up as being the greatest match of all time because the the fans that will that cater to that kind of uh, to the to those guys may buy in more than seeing you know four forty five year old Edge and and you know forty year old Randy Orton who I I fully expect them to have a good match but no matter what it's going to end up disappointing because of the way that they are uh, booking this program yeah I don't I don't like promoting matches that are going to be the greatest matches ever or this is going to be an instant classic or I don't like, I don't like that kind of talk. I think that just leads to disappointment, you know, because you're expecting. Um, I think if this was, you know, there's no COVID nineteen and there's fans in the in the in the building. I think both of those matches will get really great reactions. Obviously, you don't book them, you know, right after one another. But if you space them out on the show, I think they both would get really good reactions from the crowd. So that's you know, but I I 
yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't. I think I think you're just open for disappointment. And I mean, especially of all the history of greatest wrestling matches, you know, of all time, and people, you know, mostly know those histories. If you, if maybe you don't remember. Or maybe fans, newer fans, obviously don't remember. You know, Steamboat and Flair, but they remember Sean and Undertaker, right, and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. It's going to be like that. I think they'll have a good match, but greatest match ever is a little is a little too much on the promotion there uh the other thing i want to ask you about and uh I, I i did want to go back and watch this match though i didn't get a chance to do so i know it was uh pretty long for tv match but did you watch uh seth and alistair yes yes really good really good any anything specifically no they have good they have really good chemistry together i know i like that match a lot and um, you know, Alistair was a great baby face and Seth's really good in the ring and, and they just had a good chemistry in there. Yeah, it was a good match. It went through a couple segments and I was, I was into it. And I also liked, uh, they also had another strong match too with the, uh, with, the uh, Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens, I thought was, was a really good match. And it was interesting what they did with Apollo Crews. He kind of, he kind of used some trickery in there, a little, little heel tactic. So <laughs> Maybe he's going to go that way. Maybe he's like going to do, you know, this is his biggest win of his career. And I might, maybe he's thinking as a, you know, maybe they're thinking as this character that I might have to do some little underhand tactics, keep this because I don't want to lose this ever again. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, they seem to, Heyman seems really high on Angel Garza. He gets a lot of time on TV. And I'm okay with that because he's sensational. Uh, and, you know, this is pick on Nia Jack's year, I think. Uh, after all of the, um, you know, the, the, the information came out that, that uh, Kyrie Sane got hurt. And then when you saw what actually happened, what was your thought on, on not necessarily whose fault, but just overall, like, like the situation? Oh, um, I actually missed it. So this is where I stopped watching Raw. I've been having a hard time getting through the whole episode. Like yeah, it's, it's like three hours, man. It's three. Yeah, th- I, like for some reason I get through the first two, no problem. And then the third hour, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this later. And I just end up deleting it from my DVR because now it's already Thursday, right? And I'm on, moving on to something else. So yeah, I mean, I saw uh, I saw a clip of it on Twitter, and you know, she's just a really strong woman, mm-hmm. and almost you know maybe too strong for her for her own self. And, uh, yeah, just kind of tossed her, uh, out of control a little bit. And, you know, it, it, if you looked at it from the perspective of, oh, what a monster, you're like, yeah, like that's what you would do, you know, for a monster. But the fact that she was so reckless with her, with already the reputation that she has, it was, yeah, it was not, not fun to, not fun to watch that one. Yeah. I was surprised they even booked them again. <laughs> After the previous match they had, I thought, you know, I know they're, they're building up Asuka and Naya, but, um, yeah, yeah. Naya has, you know, she has her moments though, you know, with certain people, she has really good, good match. She can have really, she can have a really good match. We've seen it with Ronda. We thought that, I thought that their matches were, were well laid out and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the three-way she was in um, a few weeks ago with Natty. And I think uh, Charlotte Flair was, was Charlotte and her. I think it was Charlotte and uh, Naya. They had a really, actually a really good three-way match. So it's going to be she, like uh, Vader in the early 90s. They're going to look at the booking sheet and go, nope, uh, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not feeling too well right now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to take this match. Yeah. I mean, I would think, I, I don't know how 
who's produces those matches. Maybe they should maybe maybe go over a little bit more with a fine tune comb and be like, yeah, maybe not that move or you know, or something like that. Keep it a little more keep it simple. I know they, you know, she wants to try new things, but maybe like just keep towards your strength, like um, but safer, like a belly to belly suplex from her would look great. Um, and that's a safe bump. Um, the leg drop is, should, should be safe, you know? So the splash, you know, an elbow drop, uh, you know, uh, if, if she can get her, you know, uh, do a big boot, you know, or something like that, or, or just a big, 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 long hanging body slam where she holds the, the you know, the girl up and just walks around the ring with her and slams her down in the middle of the ring. Like just simple stuff is all she needs to really work on and focus on. All right. Let's talk about the pay-per-view or not the pay-per-view, but the WWE network special this weekend on Sunday is takeover. Oh, by the way, you know, for, for those who didn't listen to the show on Monday, I did have a, a, a UFC, a short UFC preview with, uh, with big Dave Meltzer. And I also put just that clip of us talking about UFC 250 on YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube channel, Fight Game Media, and you can listen to, to Dave and I. The, it's, it's been a pain in the butt doing these shows with, uh, with Dave because his, his home phone is so loud. So it's like so much like noise just coming through his phone. And, you know, I'm just chalking it up to these, uh, these quarantine times and people hopefully, you know, don't, don't expect everything to be perfect like it was. Cause you know, when, when I could be neck right next to him, the inter- the, the audio is really clear. So hopefully everyone is okay with it. And whenever we get to get back in then then it'll be better. But yeah, calling him on his phone and, and doing those shows, they're, they're, the shows are, 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 are really good, but I just, at, for me producing them, I'm like, Oh, like so much background noise. <laughs> oh man. Um, classic. I miss man. We got to all get together again. It's just been too long. I know, I know. We gotta it's, talk shop and and just, just dude. When's the last time we all went to sushi? Feels like it's been years now, dude. I've been craving sushi. Gotta get the wife on it, man. Makes. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about takeover. So uh, I will preface this, and I think I said this last week. So this shouldn't be a news to anybody. But when I think of takeover, there there was like a two to three year period where you were guaranteed like two or three matches that were going to just overachieve because of the guys who were involved. And with this show, it seems like it's a little bit of like a transition show to me. Now, I still expect it to be good. These shows are, are generally good. They're produced very well. The matches are laid out. The wrestling is good. But there isn't that one match that I'm looking forward to, to where I'm going like, you know what? That match is going to be four and a half stars or whatever. There's the, there's matches where if the chemistry between the guys is good, I think it can be good, but it's a little bit of the, um, it's, it, it looks more like a WWE main roster lineup than it does a classic NXT lineup. And I think it's because you have Karrion and cross um, you have uh, Damian Priest. Now, Damian Priest, I think he's he, he's a really good big man wrestler, but he's not, you know, Andrade or somebody, right? Uh, and then, you know, like I met, we already mentioned um, Keith Lee and Gargano and our thoughts on that. But, you know, and I think the other thing is that I'm not too interested in the main event. So maybe that is also giving me like this bad taste in my mouth about this show. 
Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, we've we saw it. I didn't really like it. Uh, we've seen this feud. I haven't really liked this feud. And I hope this is the end. And I guess if uh, Dream doesn't win, he doesn't get another shot at Cole. So, you know, whatever they're going to do there. But that is also the thing where I'm just like, eh, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. But it's not a match where I'm like, I can't wait for this NXT main event. Yeah, I think because also we just we saw Cole beat Dream clean on TV, right? In their match they had, which they had a good match, but he also beat him pretty clean so you know i think they're gonna now they're gonna do a special stip it looks like it's gonna be i mean from what they showed on tv i'm guessing something similar to what john cena and eddie guerrero right is that what it looks like to you remind me about that well they show the cars and and all that kind of stuff oh oh backlot brawl that's what you're saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah, so i'm guessing that's what it's gonna be i mean that's what well triple triple h said it's not gonna be a cinematic match Mm -hmm. uh so it it won't be that but he did say they were they would probably shoot it a little bit differently from a normal wrestling match yeah yeah i'm guessing it's gonna be like um a little bit similar to gargano champa right from takeover um but i thought i thought that ruined the match though i didn't like that for that match Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know. I'm not, I'm not really that match. I'm not the main event. I'm not really hyped on at, like like you as well. Um, I am hyped on the women's three way. I think that, that should be excellent. It really that should. should be really good. I think. Um, God and all the people who are, um, I, I I get some of the distaste with Charlotte, right? Because she's the chosen one. Anytime you have the chosen one, people get frustrated with that. But mm-hmm. man, especially in this environment, she is so good yeah. in this no fans environment. And Rhea too is really good in this environment. And then Neo's you know one of the best in the world. So uh, I think they'll they'll have really good a really good match. I'm I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about Lee and Gargano just because I really want to see Gargano work this heel persona with a big man like Lee. I'm, I'm really curious to see how it's all going to play out. And I think, I think it's going to be good. Um, Balor and priest is, should be outstanding just because ba- I think Balor and priest too have a drive to, you know, put on really good matches. And I think Balor really wants to beat the, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to go out there to do a subpar match. So, um, he, I think they'll have a, a, a good match. And now, now, the the wrestling is not only about work rate. It's not only about mm. the quality of the match. There are stories that you tell. But if you flip flopped Priest and Gargano, I would actually be more interested in both of those matches, just as a match, not as a story. But if it was Keith Lee and Damian Priest and then Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano, obviously the you know, the stories again, not not but that's kind of what I'm talking about, where usually we, we would get a little bit more of the natural like wrestling matches for TakeOver, and this is a little bit different. I, I you know, I, I'm open to it. Like, I, like I, I don't think that either of these matches are going to be bad. I, it's just not going to be, you know, it probably won't be, you know, Andrade and Gargano or, or something like that. Yeah, every match, this, every match is on this card has an issue, right? There's... The Karrion Cross Champa match, which I'm I'm really curious to see that because you know this is you know Karrion's big match on the on the roster, so this is where he's uh, you're gonna you know sink or swim and and also you know Champa is gonna have a good match with him, so I I, I think it's gonna be solid. I think you're, I think you might not be hyped now, but I think 
you'll be you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised. I, th- I think with the outcome. Of part, that. part of this is also that takeovers deliver and over deliver, and so from a lineup perspective, I I, I remember some of the great takeovers. Uh, that, have, that have been there. And then I look at this and I go, well, it's a little bit of a transition because they have to get guys over as well. And mm-hmm. in, 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 in not just having great matches, but you need to get, you know, someone like carrying cross, like it's a, it's an important match for him. Uh, and, and maybe even more of an important match for, uh, for Scarlet too, because uh, you know, she's definitely got potential uh, probably more for uh, you know, the main roster than here, just because of the way that they, that they push the women on the main roster. But um yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm still looking forward to it. It's just there's just something about this lineup that that makes me wonder if they can overachieve like they have in the past. I think also, too, something plays into our minds is that the last takeover, because all this COVID stuff hit us hard, you know, WrestleMania is canceled, and now we're doing it at the Performance Center. And and then, you know, takeover was you know, over two, two Wednesday night shows. And so I think a lot of that stuff that we are excited about, you know, we're kind of we're knocked on our heads yeah yeah think so yeah. i think because don't forget man just two takeovers ago there was an exception exceptional one with the uh um the 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 the, the portland takeover mm-hmm. was a phenomenal oh yeah show. oh yeah we were wondering if that was the best wwe show of all time yeah so i think you know coming off that really high and then getting the world getting flipped on his head with this covid stuff and, you know, and now we're, and, and then, you know, I think that kind of like took a lot of wind in a lot of people's sales. And so I think with this one, I think there might be a little bit of that, but I think if people watch, I think they're going to, I think they're going to deliver, you know, those, that, that roster is pretty talented and, and all those people in those matches are, are pretty talented. So I think it's, I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Okay. Rather than book the show, I, I have a question for each of the matches uh, and I have to make up one for the uh, women's tag because I wasn't going to do one because I thought it was a pre-show match. But um, oh, I, have, I have a question for each match and I, just kind of your thought process around around it. Obviously, with uh, the first one, Ciampa and Karrion Cross, how do you make Karrion Cross on this show if that is their goal? Like, what, like how would you do it? Well, I would do something clean, but, uh, you know, I'm sure I, I wonder if Scarlett gets involved in this match, but for me, I, I would, I think Ciampa has been on top for a long time where a loss won't hurt him as much as, as help cross. So mm-hmm. I would uh, definitely do a, uh, a clean win by cross here for the women's triple threat for the NXT championship. Do you think that Rhea it's Rhea's ter- it's Rhea's time to get the belt back or would you keep it on Charlotte and keep her on NXT I mean I I I want Rhea to be champion again so I would probably book that my feeling is that we're kind of I think the focus is really on Rhea and Charlotte but I think what they could do is somehow EO winning the title and I sure to hell hope it does not beating Rhea, <laughs> you know, um, if she does win it, I hope it is Charlotte and, and Rhea was involved in, you know, th- you know, EO winning somehow. But, uh, I just have a feeling that, you know, that we're not done with Rhea and Charlotte, but it might not be over the NXT title. So, um, 
and I think EO could, you know, she's going to be around for that roster. So I, I, I mean, I, you know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe EO might sneak something out and they might do, go a different direction with Charlotte and, and Rhea. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the way that I was thinking of it was I would have Rhea win and pin EO. And then Charlotte comes back and then they do the rematch from WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And this time Rhea wins. Rhea beats Charlotte yeah, finally yeah. one-on-one. Like, that's how I would like to see it. But then the way that I'm thinking, it does sort of push EO to the side. And, um, you know, I, I would like her to be ready for Rhea once, you know, once Rhea's thing with Charlotte is over. Yeah, it's, I'm really interested in the result. Like, but I can see, I can see, like, because like, I feel like, God, everyone's just focusing on Charlotte and Rhea in this match. And EO's kind of like this, just the third wheel. But I, I, I can see her winning. I just hope she, if she does win it, at least she pins Charlotte, you know? And yeah. All right. So for Finn Balor and Damian Priest, it's very similar to, to Cross and Ciampa. But my thinking is, is that because you're making Carrie and Cross on this show, at least I think that's the goal. It doesn't sound like you would do the same thing with Damian Priest to have him get a big win over Balor. So I'm assuming Balor is going to win this match and then maybe thrust himself into the main event picture and uh, and go that way. But how would you book this specific match? I would book Finn Balor to go over clean, and I would move Damian Priest to the main roster at this point in time. Just because he's there's not much more you can do with him on the on on the XT. I think he's I think he should move to the main roster. And but I think Bill Balor has a next opponent and that's that's uh Cameron Grimes. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. I, so, I forgot about him, but mostly because um he seemed to be I don't know, after he got that win I I didn't really see him a lot. It was almost because you're watching the Hulu version. You probably missed his match last week. I know, but but even but even in the Hulu version, they push all the top stuff. Like they they they, you know they push the angles and stuff. They push his promo from last week. I don't think so. Yeah, but it just makes me well. What it made it made me wonder if they kind of wanted him to go away a little bit and not be the focus. So that we remember that he's the focus again. But who did he face on? Uh, who did he face last night? Bronson Reed. And yeah, okay. And he won clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, the, but, but the, the main thing he's doing is he's he's talking about his win with Balor. He's talking about it like he's gloating over it. Like I'm the one that beat Balor. I beat him. I beat him. You know, not that he had, you know, just like a true heel. Not you know, he's not saying he had help from Damian Priest to do it. He's just you know he's claiming and like he had a great promo the you know, two weeks ago. Um, which it's unfortunately left that off on Hulu, man. That's why you got to watch the two hour version, my friend. No, You're I, can't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I, 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 I would, the, the way that I would do it is if I could watch the WWE network version because they chop out all of the mm-hmm. commercials. But by the time that version goes to the network, I'm already like coming up to, to, you know, too much, not, not enough time before we record. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and this week too, right before his match with Bronson Reed, he's out there just talking about beating Finn, beating Finn, beating Finn, beating Finn. That's why I think they have a, a match. Although maybe something would happen. I don't think he's going to get involved in this match at takeover. I think, I think Balor beats priest. And I even think he cuts a promo about camera grinds and, and sets up something for the future with them. So it is, 
for for the the championship match for Cole and Dream. Do you sense any movement for either guy after this match? Because I feel like there has to be some definitive thing happening in this match so that we can move on completely. But it also makes me wonder, and we've been talking about this forever, right? Does the Undisputed Era go up to the main roster? Um, you know, it, does Dream go up to the main roster? Both part, both team, the team and Dream are always heavily rumored to be going to the main roster. So I wonder if this is finally the time for one of those two. Well, I think um, Dexter Loomis is going to be involved somehow, some way in this match. And I know he's been targeting the Undisputed Era, but for some reason I think his real target is the Velveteen Dream. So I can see him getting involved somehow, some way, and and attacking attacking you know costing velveteen during the match i just think velveteen uh, dexter loomis's protection of velveteen dream doesn't sit right with me there's there's i don't trust it and i think he's going to do something with velveteen dream and and cost of the match and they're going to have a feud i don't think undisputed i wouldn't have undisputed air go anywhere just just not yet i think the they're too valuable to the nxt brand right now and, and there's something you can do with them you can you know and hopefully when things get better, you know, Kyle, uh, Kyle Riley can come back. Um, you could do, you can, you could turn one of those guys. Most likely I think Roddy would be the perfect guy to turn, you know, and if he with Adam Cole, which I think they would have some barn burner matches. Um, I think there's still some left, a lot left for them to do, you know, in, in NXT. So I hope they don't go. I rather, I like them. I like them where they're at. All right, I am going to skip the the question for the the women's six way because I can't think of one. But for it's a six it's a six women's tag, right? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, for Keith Lee and Gargano, do you sense that this is a program, or do you sense that this is just a transition for both guys to do something else? I can see uh, I can see Gargano definitely cheating to win this this sucker for sure, and beating Lee, taking the belt from him. And then do they move on to the, you know, the, the women, like sort of like what they did last night, but it being more stakes to, to the mixed tag or I would hope, I would hope so because damn, I thought they wasted it. Like the show just doing the, uh, the, doing that match just impromptu. I wish they would have promoted it and featured it. I think it would, maybe would have done more, a better rating. I don't know. But like, I just thought the impromptu thing was kind of, kind of silly. Um, I think, you know, him and Gargano, Lee and Gargano have a feud and I, you know, I think maybe Lee comes out on top with it, you know, at the end of it, of course. All right. I think that is it. And, and you know, this, this is a little bit shorter than our, short, our shows normally are. But like I said, we will have more shows this weekend. And, you know, John and I will, will, will talk about this show on Sunday night for, for Monday morning show. Uh, but that is it for right now. Um, the only thing I will say is uh, just check out uh, the website this weekend for your UFC coverage. And we'll also have play-by-play of, uh, of TakeOver if you're interested in following along. And yeah, just a lot of, a lot of fun stuff going on. And, um, you know, we, we will, you will hear from us a couple of times this weekend with uh, UFC 250 and, and TakeOver. So glad that, uh, glad that I can actually do those shows, you know, b- 
very, very uh, supportive, uh, supportive family that allows me to to come on and do this stuff. So it's it's fun. It's fun for me. It's a great outlet creativity. And I know that, you know, like you were saying earlier, it, it gets your juices going and you can kind of. You know, we're not only talking about, you know, COVID now, it's 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 a lot of the civil unrest in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the for the hour and a half that we do this, we can kind of forget about that. And then, you know, not that I'm going to necessarily forget about it when we stop doing the show, because a lot of my job has to do with this stuff, too. So but it does. It, it is helpful to, to to talk about stuff that uh, is, is a little bit of a gateway away from from what's going on in the real world. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know. It is a gateway, but also, man, like this stuff has been, you know, I, you know, fortunately for me, I, I never really experienced what this people, people have experienced the, you know, this, this racism and, you know, I've, I've been bullied. I've been other things, but I never had to deal with that. And I, you know, I don't connect with it, but all I can do was, this is what I'm doing. This is what I told my wife, what we're going to do is we're going to teach our kids that's our job is to teach our kids to set and love everyone another. Cause this is, you know, that's what we gotta keep doing. That's what, that's my, that's what, that's what I'm doing to, 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 to better this, this world is teach my kids to love everyone. And, and, uh, you know, I hope, you know, people do that for, for others as well. The, uh, the last thing I will say is the, um, when, when we, when I talked to, Brandy Rhodes at the the AEW. Uh, well, I, I forget one of those weekends. Mm-hmm. At I think it was at Starcast. Um, you know, we got the we got the big Dave Meltzer. Oh yeah, let's just go behind the scenes. Nobody nobody will bother us. Uh, pa- passes. <laughs> and um, I got my sweater. Don't worry, no, I've never seen. <laughs> and uh, and and one of the interesting conversations that I had with her kind of came out in her social media posts the other day where she said that, you know, she, she, a lot of times she doesn't really even feel accepted by, uh, by her race because of the decisions that she's made because of who she's married and, and all of that stuff. And I don't think she wrote it in a very eloquent way, uh, in the same way that she actually talked to me about it because her, 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 the example that she has used in the past and she used it with me too was, you know, Cody, um, Cody's go-to line was, well, I don't see color. And she was like, well, if you don't see color, then you have no, you don't understand anything that I've ever been through. So that's, but that's the wrong answer, you know, for people going, oh, Cody is so thoughtful. No, that's the wrong answer. So, um, and so it was interesting because the, a, a lot of what's going on affects, like you said, affects people so many different ways. And I think the hard part is trying to completely be empathetic towards a situation and a system that you haven't personally experienced. And what you said, where your goal is to make sure that your kids don't don't let sort of the system dominate what their viewpoints are. I think this is very important, but also um, not being manipulated by the politicians because the politicians are out there to win, um, win a seat. And because of that seat, there's lots of good things that, that they get out of that. 
Um, you know, lots of people think that Donald Trump, the only reason that he even ran for president was so that he would could create a news network out of that. And that would be his business. Like there, there are things that, that, that the politicians get out of winning just in, you know, not only, Oh yeah, now I get to kind of run the show. Like they, sometimes they don't even want that, but the, don't be, don't allow your views to be manipulated by the divisiveness of both parties, right? Like, like the, 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 the reason why they want the two parties to feud is because they are, they, they are fighting for uh, votes in a sense, right? So, so people ultimately are just numbers to the system in, in the way that we do it. And look, like you, you can see that we can all see that, but it's still hard to not get manipulated by that whole thing. And and that, that's the thing that I've kind of learned, you know, about this the most is we are puppets to these super rich people who uh, want to play us against each other. And while I understand the game, you know, the game is the game, but it just feels super manipulative and, you know, don't, don't, don't be manipulated by that. They, that's just what they want. They want the divisiveness because it, it further divides and, and, and it forces people to choose sides. And if, if, people didn't choose sides, the parties would be much less effective. So off the soapbox, I didn't even want to get into that, but I thought your point w- was was very good and it made me think of that. And I probably explained it a little bit better than I did on Monday, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. You know, so- I, I just think people just need to do their, also do some research when it's some stuff like, you know, you can see something on a clip and it could be skewed one way or the other, right? Until you fully do that research. I've, I've, you know, I don't want to be that person, but I don't do it publicly on social media, but I've seen family members post something that, well, look at this. And it's like, look at, no, hey, you might <laughs> want to look into what you just wrote. You know, just because like some people, you know, we, it's, it's unfortunately, it's very sad. Like social media is a very good thing, but it all could be a very. But what, what, what your family members don't understand is a lot of that stuff is planted specifically mm-hmm. for that to happen. And it's unfortunate. Like I said, we we're, we're, we're puppets to the game and they're trying to, there, there, there's ways that, that this whole thing is being manipulated. But anyways, don't be, I just say, don't be so quick to share on your social media. Like <laughs> just really, really. I, I, I think I see people do that a lot and not just family members, but like, I see people, it's like, yeah, man, really just, just before you, Click that share, man. Why don't you dive in and, and see what it's all about? And, and the reason is, is because people don't feel like they have to stand behind what they post on social media because it's not it, 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 to them. It's it's sort of entertainment, whereas it it's, I could see that it is, you know, Twitter is, is sort of fun to, to, to get caught up in. But also, you you don't know how harmful some of that stuff can be, and that's really where the thoughtfulness comes. I think you know what you're saying. Be thoughtful. Like that just should exist everywhere, no matter if it's social media or if you're talking to your friends. Like literally, like just be thoughtful. Um, okay, so uh, so that is it from here. So we will see you on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. Monday morning, unless something crazy goes wrong, and but I don't, I don't think that will happen. Uh, but for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. 
We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.